Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, uh, each and every week is none other than my partner in crime, LPGA professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome back to the Women of Golf. Good morning, and thank you very much. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Well, yes, we've had a little bit of uh, uh, reprieve, I guess is what you would call it. You had for other reasons, me for other reasons too. Um, and you know, even though I, I mentioned this off air, I want to bring it to, to the folks' attention one more time. Uh, there's been some additions to the Miller family. Uh, your son Jamie and, and his wife Candace uh, just gave birth to twins here recently. So congratulations once again. Well, thank you, a boy and a girl, <laughs> and they're healthy and fine. Thank God. That's right. And uh, as I recall, uh, when you were on uh, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, Jamie actually, uh, because it fell right in the line, he had to uh, step away from uh, going into one of the tournaments, correct? He did. He did. He qualified for the U.S. Mid-Am. And uh, the USGA said that if he writes a note, because his kids are going to be born, um, that they would extend his invitation to next year because he was with a low qualifier, which I thought was awesome. Very good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, great on the, the USGA's uh, part. Uh, definitely do that. That's a nice, uh, a nice gesture, really, on their part to be able to do it because they don't have to do that, but um, obviously they recognize uh, his talent and, and want to have him uh, play in their event. So he'll be there next year and by that time, his little ones will be a year old, so he'll be having another celebration as their first year, uh, first birthday. All right, we're going to move on. We've got a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to start things off with our uh, very special guest, another young lady from the LPJ Epson Tour, uh, Pilar uh, Echeviria. Uh, she is uh, 24 and born in Guatemala City, Guatemala, uh, attended the University of Indianapolis, where she played Division II golf. Uh, some of her awards and honors include uh, two-time uh, WGCA Division II Player of the Year in 2019 and 2020. Uh, also in 2020, she was a nominee for the NCAA Women of the Year Conference. Uh, also, uh, the GLVC Paragon Award co-winner in also the 2019 Division II Honda Athlete of the Year finalist. Um, she also qualified for both the 2020 and 2017 U.S. Women's Amateur Championship uh, in the past and represented her native Guatemala at the World Amateur Team Championships in 2014, 16, and 18. And this year, Cindy, uh, she starts or has started her rookie season 
uh, here 2022 on the Epson Tour. So she's making her way towards the LPJ. So please welcome our very special guest, Pilar Echeverria. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled to have We're, you. What a great name. Yeah, I think I, I had to practice. i got to be honest and forgive me, Pilar. I had to practice that half the night because I, was, I didn't want to make a mess. And I even asked her before we came in live, I said, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this correct. Because, you know, I mean, it happens. You make mistakes. But I didn't want to come out here and embarrass myself more than I normally do by mispronouncing her name. So I'm glad uh, I got it right. <laughs> but um, So thank you for, thank you for keeping me on the straight and narrow. Um, Cindy, do you want to go ahead or do you want me to start? You can go ahead. Okay. So I want to talk about, now you had mentioned to me, Pilar, on the, uh, well, before we went live, uh, that you're an alternate for the, for the next event. And, and I noticed I looked through, you know, obviously the stats and, and so forth. And um, how would you rate your season? Uh, obviously, there's a few events left, the Tour Championships coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, how would you rate your, your season overall? You, you've obviously had some struggles. Um, with with a lot of the events, what primarily has has sort of given you some difficulty this year? Do you think? You know, um, I think I've been shooting good first rounds, but not being able to follow with another good round. Um, a lot of it is just me talking myself out of it, and a lot of golfers mm-hmm. will tell you um, they struggle with this. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's been like a huge learning curve, um, but you know, I'll try to focus on the positives. But I've struggled with um, either like starting rounds or finishing rounds. Like I'll put up a good round, but not really two good rounds. Um, right. The the best like finish that I had, um, I had my boyfriend on the bag, and I think he helped keep me like in line and really knows my game so um Mm -hmm. that probably helped me just looking back and analyzing the whole year um honestly I think I took myself out of it because I'll play um with other great players and caddies and um they're like well you're like looks like your game's fine um and then I'm just not able to put two rounds together to make the cut so do you think then it would be safe to say, because I, you know, I looked at your your, your uh, uh, collegiate career, and you obviously are a very accomplished player. You can obviously um, play some great golf, um, and I think I would agree with you. I think it's it's a little bit of a shock for players when they come out on tour because it's different. You know, you're playing with a team. Uh, you know, back in college, you've got your 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 um, your fellow players, and of course your coach is there. Uh, sort of, you know, helping guide you along, now you're kind of on your own. So it sounds to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's not really so much the physical part of your game that's, that you're, you've been struggling with a little bit this season. It's the mental part of your game, not being able to just say to yourself, okay, I've got a great round I just put together. Let's go get number two. Something sort of becomes a roadblock. Is that accurate, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of it... Um is also like trying to play the perfect round, um, making right. a bogey or two early in the round, and then I'm like panic mode, you know, like oh my gosh, here we go again, this is it, like you know, just um, trying to play the perfect round, which does not exist. <laughs> right, 
Yeah, we can we can all relate to that. Cindy, um, yeah. Why don't you jump in here? Yeah, Cindy, why don't you jump in here now because this is something that you've talked a lot about on the show uh, and know a lot about um, working with so many different uh, you know players and so forth. Um, what are your thoughts here when you hear Pilar talking about you know struggling to to put two good rounds together? I think the the number one question is, do you believe you belong? And I know when I first qualified for the tour and I would hit balls on the range next to, you know, Judy Rankin or Kathy Whitworth or Joanne Carner or Nancy Lopez, you know, part of me was like, Jesus, you're standing right next to them and you're playing in the same tournament. So I t- it took a while to believe you belong. Have you had any of that? those thoughts? Yeah, I, I had those thoughts and, um, it's also interesting, like just realizing that everyone has different paths. Like I'll compare myself to, you know, like, Oh, she's done this already. Like she's a rookie and she's winning all this, you know, like getting top tens and, um, Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Like a sense of, I'm doing something wrong and I, you know, like, um, yeah, it's hard to believe sometimes that I, that I earned my way to the Epson tour because no one gave it to me, you know, I, like I'm there for a reason that I played it through, but yeah, it's hard to believe that, uh, that I actually can play against these players. (laughs) I, I totally agree. But then one, so what happened this week that was different? What did you like? I, personally, I um, my whole life I've been you know told you're not good enough, you're not good enough, which is it motivated me to get better. So the mindset I almost have to play like I'm ticked off at somebody because when I pursue, I'm always better than when I'm protecting and playing with clenched butt cheeks. So what did you do different this week that helped you? overcome all this and win. No, that, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. That, that was a misprint. That was a misprint on the on the notes. I'm sorry, Cindy. Oh, okay. She wasn't so the winner. You didn't win. Yeah, I'm, no. Well, you're going to win this week, so there you go. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, I think like the, the, think. The, the weeks I've made the cut, um, I made two cuts, and I think... I was just focusing, like, it was more of, like, a I don't care mentality, which is so hard to achieve. Um, You know, like, I don't care what happens. I'm just out here playing my own game. Um, I feel like when I get mad, there's no turning back. Like, like you're saying you you get kind of, you play kind of ticked off. Um, If I get to getting ticked off it's over for me um i guess i'm like either happy or very mad there's no in between for me so um i try not to even explore that area (laughs) (laughs) don't go down that road now you know what's funny i'm (laughs) i'm married to the opposite person of me and he played on tour for 15 years and he is as chill as it gets. And once, um, like, he was the number one amateur in the country, and everybody was like, oh, you've got to 
you know, be a superstar on the PGA Tour, which he wasn't. And he's shy and quiet. He's like Ernie Els. When he played his best golf, he at the LA Open one year, which this was a long time ago, he made ten grand, and um, he played bogey as par. So if he made a par, he was one under, right? So he played games uh-huh. with himself just to say this doesn't matter, and I'm one under par, and now I'm two under par because the expectations of everyone else that they put on you is like, Oh, what's the matter? Why didn't you make any money? And you know, why you, you keep missing the cut? What's your problem? And I mean, I got, it got so bad for me that when I came home from a tour event, I said to my mother, I said, look, I don't want to hear it. This is be nice to Cindy week. And they made a t-shirt <laughs> for me that I wore at the club because I was like, I just don't want to freaking hear your. Wah, 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 wah. So yeah. you have to find what works for you. And I'm on your side. If you need to call and vent, you can call me. Thank you. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. You know, you know, what's interesting, Pilar, uh, is she, obviously Cindy's exactly right. She's, you know, she's been out on on tour for a number of years. Uh, on uh, originally on the LPJ, and now, uh, you know, battles it out uh, from time to time on the uh, the Legends Tour uh, with, as she said, some of the best golfer female golfers in the world. Um, that have you know certainly tested through time, and you know I, it sounds to me really if I was to sort of, and I hate to use the word diagnose your situation, is I would say it's it's more obviously the mental comes into it, but it's more of an emotional. Um, you know, you said something earlier which caught my ear, and you said that you really focus. Um, now you didn't use these exact words, but essentially focusing on the process. Uh, very intently and I think what it is you know obviously you have a very good game you would not be where you are on the Epson tour if you didn't uh, weren't a good ball striker and you know a good putter and you may have some moments where things get a little sketchy out there um, as with all players but the other thing too that you mentioned was is comparing being compared to other rookies out there that are maybe enjoying uh, a, a much higher level of success than you are at this time the thing that you have to say to yourself is that I'm not that person. I mean, we can go over history with golf on both the men's and the ladies' tour where a lot of great golfers, and I'll throw one out there. John Daly is a good example. A lot of people like John Daly. I like John Daly. He's a great guy. But he came out and had very early on success and then didn't uh, later in his career. Uh, has struggled many, many times for, for obvious reasons. So I think what number one is you cannot compare yourself to somebody else. You, as you said earlier, you've got to play your own game. And I think the other thing is you have to find some sort of an outlet or something, some sort of a coping mechanism that when you feel yourself, when the, when the blood's starting to boil, you're angry because maybe you, you missed a, uh, a, an easy putt or you, know, you should have gotten that up and down and you didn't, whatever, and it ended up with a double bogey. You've got to find some way while you're out in the course to very quickly shed that skin and move on to the next hole without letting that anger fester. What do you think about that? And, and is there things that you are currently trying to do to overcome that? Yeah, I think um, you're right. And I think just even like talking to yourself, like I've never told myself I'm not that person. And just the simplicity of the words um, might help me a lot. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not saying like I'm not 
that good of a player or that's not my forte, you know, like I'm, you're not focusing on a bad stuff. You're just like stating the facts, you know, like, okay, I am not that player. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I've been trying to stick more to the facts and not be as emotional as I've been like earlier this season, just because it like, it's, it hasn't helped at all being so like caught up emotionally on golf. Um, so I think being more, okay, these are the facts. These are my stats of the season and this is what I need to work on. And if I work on it, I'd improve. And if I don't make the cut still, and I worked on my weaknesses, then we worked on them a little bit more. <laughs> you know, exactly. Well said. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I looked at your collegiate career and you've obviously, and I only read out a few of them, there's a whole scatter of uh, honors and awards that you, you got. So obviously, you, you, you know, you've been a very accomplished player, so you definitely have the game. Um, and, and again, I realize it's a slightly different environment playing uh, collegiate golf than it is out on, on one of the professional tours, uh, because now you're, you're on your own. I think for me... And, and we've said this a lot in the program, Cindy and I, uh, with other guests. I think the main thing, if it was me and I was giving my two cents, which I am, I'm actually giving you a nickel right now um, of advice, yeah. is I would, I, would, <laughs> I would focus on just going out and having fun. That doesn't mean you don't work at things and you don't practice and you don't uh, you know, focus on, on the, the shot at, at hand, but I think just go out and have fun. Uh, and I've said this, and it's a broken record, I'm sure, but we've had a lot of young ladies like yourself come on the show who, for you know, certain parts of their time on tour, struggled quite a bit, um, really got frustrated and so forth. And they finally said, you know what, I have a choice. I can either give up, walk away and find something else to do, or I can just go out and have some fun and just enjoy myself and and, and be proud of, you know, what I'm doing. This is a career that I, I chose and I love. And, uh, you know, how can I not love being out here and, and battling it out with some of the best in the world? And they just went out and had fun. And lo and behold, the very next week, they went out and won their very first event. And I think that's, if that was me, that's, or, or you rather, that's what I would focus on. It's just go and have fun. Forget about, you know, whether everything's perfect or not. It's never, as you said, it's never going to be perfect. Um, but I think that, um, you know, obviously your boyfriend, as you mentioned, seems to uh, have been able to help. He, he, he knows you. He knows your emotions. He knows, um, you know, how you handle yourself out in the golf course. Uh, and I think you should get him to carry the bag a little bit more often. Maybe that will, that will help you out. Um, it sounds like he's got – but, you know, he obviously knows – your character very well and um that's what i would suggest to you what do you think about that yeah i think so um i think sometimes i get too caught up on hey i'm doing bad and i i can't have fun because how can i have fun if i'm playing bad um but yeah honestly if like you're you know, I'm doing my best out there, then mm -hmm. what? what's the shame in having fun as well? <laughs> well, you have to. Well, get, here's the here, here's the I, I got to interrupt. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Nobody tries, yeah, go ahead, Sidney. Nobody, yeah, nobody tries to play bad ever, ever, um, no matter what level they're at. And, and the point being is 
the more you grind, the worse you're going to do. And you can't play pissed, so you got to play happy. You know, yeah. so again, you got to find the right way for you to play. And when you've got, again, it's like trying to hit a shot with a gun pointed at your head, and you're the one with your finger on the trigger. It's like, well, this ain't working. So you just got to say, you know what? I don't really give a rip. I'm just going to hit the ball because I know I can play. And you got to find the right mindset that works for you and not listen to anybody else because only you know you and you've accomplished so many great things. So we know you can do it. We just have to find, you know, probably take the heat off a little bit and pretend it doesn't matter and give yourself three to five years just to learn how to do this. You know, it could be what's Sophie, what's her name that won the British Open and was going to quit? Right? Oh, um, the blonde girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot okay. her name. But, you know, she was about ready to quit. I mean, we've all quit a million times, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Trust me. I know. And and here's the other part. Let me tell you this. It's more fun doing what you're doing than getting the job. <laughs> so yes. I would just try to have fun. <laughs> And and know that you do belong and you can do it. And this is only your first year and you just got to get the kinks out. One of the things I hated about my rookie year is I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what the course looked like. You, it's so hard your first year. You don't know how to travel. You don't know, you know, I hated private housing. No offense. I appreciate people letting me stay there. But when I walked in, I felt like I needed to give them a resume and say, where's my room? You know. So I didn't have yeah. to talk to them. So I get it. I get it. I get it. But don't give up because you're too good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So that, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's true. Cindy, Cindy, let me ask you something again because you, you know you've and this is something I want you to relate to, to Pilar is um, you know you've been out on tour over the years. You have you know your own set of emotions that you have have had to deal with in that, and we all get angry from time to time. What are some suggestions that you might have? Um, things that maybe work for you or just things that you're aware of that might help her address that? Because that's obviously one. And, and, you know, some people get out there and, you know, they, again, have a bad shot or whatever, and that anger festers up, and they can, And she said herself, she can't seem to turn that off and, and regroup. Have you got any suggestions to, to what to do and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, things that she can she can work on off the golf course that would help her cope with it on the golf course? Any suggestions? Again, she's got to know herself, and she does. She's not an idiot. But for me, it was the expectations of everyone else and then the expectations I put on myself. And, Pilar, it's a huge big deal. Depending on uh, your family situation, your sponsor situation, um, we're we're helping a girl right now who missed the cut at the pre-qualifying school twice who doesn't want to give up. And, you know, again, we have a saying at our house, you're not what you shoot. But, boy, is it awful hard not to think that. And my husband had a father who pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. And Alan was the number one amateur in the country two years in a row. He played in the Masters three times as an amateur, twice as a pro. And Alan ended up trying to commit suicide because of his golf game. So this is a big-ass deal to us. And so you mm-hmm. have to figure out what works best for you and and how do you need to think. Um, I, on the other hand, was never that good. I was a walk-on at Miami. We won back-to-back national championships. I ended up an All-American and the number one player on the team. I'm the fighter. 
and he was a superstar. And we are the only married couple in the world that have played on all four major tours, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and the Legends Tour. So we get it. And you got to figure out, you know, again, I'm opposite. I came back and did the big break so I could play on the Legends Tour because I'm a fighter. He's not a fighter. He just wants to hit balls on the side by himself. And, and it's really important that you figure out, do I love doing this? Do I want to keep doing this? Clearly, you were good enough in school. So now you got to mm-hmm. say, well, why did I play so good in school? What was my mindset? And take the gun away from your head. And if you don't have enough money to play for the next couple years, I worked as a waitress at night all winter long so I could make enough money so I could go live in an apartment, practice. I worked at a golf course. I worked at a wait- as a waitress. And then I went and played. And I did it for three years. And of the best in the world, I qualified for the tour for three years. Of the best in the world, I was the worst. And then 25 years after I lost my card, I went back and played on the Legends Tour and came in second on the career money list. So there you go. Don't give up. Hmm. That's very impressive. Thank you for the insight. Yep. Yeah, very, yeah, very good words of, of wisdom uh, from Cindy, and, and uh, it's why she's uh, one of the best out there. And she teaches so many uh people now uh pilar that uh you know that learn and draw from that from that wisdom and that's why she's so um uh, impressive to you know to hear and and listen to because she's lived it herself and knows the struggles out there on on tour so that's why you know i think it's it's good to take heed to the words that she's she's relaying to you so you're you're i think you said you were in lexington kentucky is that correct right now yes that's correct and that's for the next uh, uh, Epson Tour event, and you're uh, an alternative there, so you're waiting to find out whether or not you're going to uh, move in and and uh, and be able to to play in that event. I, I think you're going to do very well. I think if you um, you know certainly listen to what Cindy just said and just go home. I, I think you and as I mentioned earlier, you know you've you've got the game. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. You've got the game. It's just a matter of convincing yourself and don't listen to, as Cindy always refers to, don't listen to the committee of they. And that means everybody else saying, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that or, or why aren't you doing this? You, you know your game. You know what your limitations are. And I think if you get out there and just focus and listen to the committee of one and that's you, I think you'll do much, much better as you go into next year and, and finish out this year as well. Um, so we want to wish you well. And um, any final thoughts that you want to share with us before you go? No, I really appreciate it. And I think it's great to listen to, you know, you both know a lot about golf. And um, Cindy, like you said, being like has played through it and has a lot more experience than I do. It's good to just listen to what you guys have to say. Um, because you're not attached to my emotions. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Hey, well, my, email is, my email is Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Feel free to email me or reach out at any time. And, again, you know, it's not a big deal. You can do this. Don't make it a bigger deal mm-hmm. than it is. Right. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and what would quote, you tell? I so, hang, wait, I got one more yeah, thing. Yeah, sorry, go. What would you tell a young girl who is pretty good and they really want to do this, but they're having absolutely no success. 
less success. They're not even on the Epson tour. They're playing all the mini tours. What would you tell her? I'd say if it's in them to keep trying and um, that they believe in themselves, that they're going to get through it, I think it's worth um, continue to, you know, like just step by step. It might seem like it's Mount Everest, but it, you know, if you put one foot in front of the other, you're going to get to the top. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just focus on your own journey. Thank you, uh, honey. What a great, a great answer and a great way to end this segment. Pilar, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, good luck the rest of this season. And as you get prepared to uh, finish out and then look forward to, to next season, I think there's some great things on your horizon. Just continue to believe in yourself and uh, ask your boyfriend to take you out for a really nice dinner uh, this week, one night or the weekend, and uh, treat yourself. Uh, you deserve it. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, and uh, hopefully you'll come back and join us again. I hope so. Thank you so much. Have a great All day. Right. All right. You bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye. All right. That was our special guest, Pilar Echeverria. Um another member of the uh, LJ's Epson Tour. Um, you know, and I, I just want to say before we move on, and, and I, I didn't mention this earlier, we're going to zip into the no BS zone uh, again this week and, and uh, have a great discussion on some golf tips that, that actually work, uh, things that uh, I think we believe uh, uh, will help your game. But before we do that, I just want to some sort of a final thought on this young lady. I, I think this is a, very, a much more common thing. Don't you agree? with a lot of these players. I mean, I, I think she articulated a little bit more of, of the struggles that she's having than maybe some. Um, but I, I think it goes back to, to what I just said that you've said many times is I think she's she's compared herself, you know, she's listed that committee of they and sort of looked at herself and said, why am I not doing better than what I, you know, uh, you know what I sh- think I should be doing? Because, again, you saw it as well as I do. If you look at her collegiate career, uh, she had a, a pretty good, uh, you know, time in in, uh, in in playing on that team. So she obviously has the game. Um, I think that's what a lot of it is. I think she's, you know, listened maybe in the past too much to people and and seen others that have uh, you know risen to a, a higher level very early on in their careers. And I think that um, can work against you. What do you think? Yeah, and and we didn't really give her that much time to talk. Other than I know. The fact that she's only made a couple of cuts, but um, let me tell you something. We typically talk to the winner each week. Yeah. There's um, thousands of girls that don't win each week, so this is more yeah. common than you want to yeah. admit. Yeah, and, and it was good, and and yeah, I I feel kind of bad. I mean, you know. Um, we we did sort of talk, but you know, I, I just kind of sense that, um, and hopefully she's not going away feeling worse than what she did coming in. That certainly was not our intent. But I wanted her to understand that, you know, and, and just accept the fact that you know she is a, a good player. She's playing on a good tour. This is a great you know launch point for her in her professional career. Um, she obviously has the game and has the ability to get there. But I think that she's just allowed herself those those thoughts and, and whatnot to creep in 
and obviously her emotions and and it might be um you know just everybody's different but it, you know as she pointed out you know she allows her her emotions to get in and her anger to get in and once that goes in like she said herself uh she doesn't know how to shut it off and that's what she's got to be able to learn is to shut that off because i think you're right once she does once she's learned to play happy even if she you know if even if the round sucks but she's playing happy she'll enjoy it much more um, because she didn't make very much. I, mean, I think she said uh, two cuts this whole season so far, and she's now an alternate um, for the rest of the season. She doesn't know whether she's going to get into the Tour Championship or not. Hopefully she will. Hopefully she'll muster the strength. But it's it's very overwhelming, I'm sure, for her to not even get into to the tournaments, um, you know, week in, week out. I mean, the last, I think, six tournaments, I looked at the stats, she didn't make the cut. So it's very, very difficult. And you're right, a lot of the girls are in the same boat as her, and I think she just has to wrap her mind around and say, you know what, I'm going to play my game. I'm not going to worry about Sally over here who's you know, in the top 10 uh, money earners this year. I'm going to focus on my game and work my way up as I know best. And I think you know, she'll have some success. Your thoughts? Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just she'll be okay if she doesn't give up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you don't know if you've got enough money to keep going. That's the other part of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, you have those added pressures. It's bad enough. And, and I mean, you know, I, I looked at, as I said, I looked at her, her her actual stats or driving and things like that. And, you know, it, it's it's okay. Uh, she certainly could, could improve in certain areas. Um, but I think that's to be expected when you're not playing in a good, what I believe in a good frame of mind. It's very easy. I mean, I just went out the other day, this weekend, just real quick, and then we'll move on, you know, and just hit some balls at the range. And, you know, I hadn't been out for a few weeks. I hadn't hit a balls uh, for, for a couple of weeks for one reason or another. And, uh, you know, I was a little shaky the first, you know, first dozen or so that I was in. And then, it, you know, it came back to me, of course. And, you know, you, you, uh, you know when you play and, and hit for a long time, you, you, those things come back. It's like riding a bike. But when you haven't been out for a while, it's very easy to uh, to let some slip you know, and uh, get away from you, if, as uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but anyways, we're going to move on. All right, we're going to go into the no BS zone uh, and talk about some golf tips that actually work. Um, and, and I think this goes to, and we've talked, I know, a lot about these before, but I, I wanted to put these together. I thought this would be a good, quick discussion. Uh, and again, no particular order, but... Uh, Playing the right equipment, uh, golf clubs, you know, obviously need to have the right shafts and, and golf ball. You know, Cindy, you've, you've played um, at, at a high level and that you know how important it is, even at your level, especially at your level, to have the right equipment. But even at an amateur level, if you're not playing with the right clubs, um, and I don't mean brand, but I'm just saying that they're fitted properly, you're playing the, the right shaft for you, and even golf balls. I mean, there's a lot of choices out there. Some people are playing uh, a very high compression golf ball, but maybe they have a very slow swing speed uh, and it's not the best fit for them. Um, what would you recommend that they do? Well, definitely get fit for clubs. And mm. and the other thing, I have a big issue uh, with height. And I want yes. women to make sure they have the right length clubs with the right shaft flex. So if they're really, really tall and they don't have a lot of strength or club head speed, they're going to need ladies' clubs lengthened or senior men's clubs lengthened 
um, which makes the shaft a little more flexible, but it's really important that they have the right shaft and the right length clubs. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've seen, you know, it's funny. I was playing um, several years ago with a, with a gentleman who, uh, and I don't know why he just didn't have a very, I think he was swinging probably about 85 miles an hour was his swing. We, we clocked it at which is not really that fast. It's not bad, but it's not that fast when you look at what some of the players, and I'm not talking the tour players, but some of the younger guys are swinging at now, you know, upwards of 100 or better. And he was playing stiff shafts. And I said, you know, that that's not the right shaft for you. I said, you're not generating enough club head speed. And so obviously with a stiff shaft, the, the flex point is not in a good place. I said, you need to, to drop down to a regular shaft and maybe he was a little bit older I said maybe even a senior shaft I said you're going to find that you're going to get a much better ball flight playing the right shaft so we went in and we had not I didn't do it but uh, I had somebody that uh, was very very good at, at redoing the, the clubs and reshafted all of his his, um, his irons and, and his driver as well and with the right shaft and it was amazing the improvement I mean just unbelievable and he couldn't believe it. His chin wow. was hitting the floor. He said, "I can't." He said, "I can't believe this." He said, "I've been playing these clubs." He said, "For you know X number of years." And I said, "Well, that's the problem." I said, "When you first bought them, you know, you might have, you know, you were a little bit younger. You were probably swinging a little bit faster, and they might have been the right club." And he said, "Well, I just don't understand how can it go." I said, "Because now you're that much older." I said, "I'm the same way. I mean, I still play some uh, stiff shaft, but I can still generate. I'm tall. I'm six foot four, so I can generate a lot. Um, but you know, there's going to come a point in time." where I might need to, to look at, you know, and I hate to use the word downgrading, but to uh, a, a more flexible shaft because it's, I'm just not going to be able to generate the, the club head speed that I need. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I would rather be playing the right shaft and the right club for me um, than going out there and, and, you know, spraying the, you know, the golf course because I'm not fitted with the right equipment. And the golf ball, too, let me touch real quick on the golf ball. I've seen, you know, everybody gets out and, they have their favorite brand, and you know maybe they're playing the you know the top Titleist balls, and and uh, you know it's a hundred compression, and these guys are not swinging very, very fast. Well, um, I'm not certainly an expert on the golf ball, but I can tell you if you're playing a high compression golf ball and you're not swinging very fast, you're you're not going to get the right compression um, when you make contact with that ball, and you're losing distance. Um, so, you know, that's something you need to be fitted for as well as a golf ball. What's the right golf ball for you? And that's where your pro can come in when they're analyzing your swing, whether it's on flight scope or track man or what have you. Um, you know, they can assess and they can put you in. Don't worry about what your buddies are playing. Focus on the right golf ball for you and make sure that your clubs are fitted with the right shaft. And also, don't play a, a blade. And, and what I mean by that is a forged club if maybe you need to be uh, playing a more forgiving iron particularly. Same with the driver. You know, if you're a, a high handicapper, you know, what are you doing with a 9-degree driver or an 8.5-degree driver? You should be playing, you know, 10.5, 11, maybe even a 12-degree. Uh, that's going to help reduce a lot of the curvature on the golf ball. There's a lot of different things, and that's something, a conversation you need to have with your pro uh, and uh, need to get... I'm going to move on here because I've talked enough about that. But uh, the other thing is a big one too, Cindy, is focusing on the fundamentals. Uh, everything from the grip, stance, posture, alignment, and ball position. I'm going to let you talk on this one. Um, that's a lot. Grip, stance, posture, ball alignment. So, or ball 
position. Position, yeah. It needs to say you've got to make sure that you're gripping the club right. And the biggest issue that I see is people that um, pinch with their thumbs. That drives me out of my mind. You cannot pinch with your thumbs. Your thumbs must be on the side. So mm-hmm. I say left thumb at one. If you're right-handed, right thumb at 11. Fingers pinch, thumbs are dead. So that's a huge big deal. And posture, I tell people you need to partially puke. I don't want you to poop. So you got to know like you're throwing up. <laughs> um, sorry, but that's true. Um, so you have to make sure you're bowing over. No one sits. Everyone's bowing. And um, ball position, if you do your arms and your and your grip right, then you will just be perfect at a dress. Um, so I dare you to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the ball I, position. I couldn't agree. It's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, it's difficult. The, the thing that I want to just quickly add, and this is something that Jack Nicholas talked about. This is the number one thing that Nicholas used to do every single season when he was playing on the regular tour and he was particularly at the height of his game. And if you ever watched his video, and if you didn't get it uh, or didn't see it initially, I'm sure there's some copies available. Uh, you can probably find some stuff on, online as well. But the number one thing that Jack Nicholas used to do is arguably uh, the greatest player that ever played. Um, he said that when he came out every season, the first thing that he did is he worked on his fundamentals. That's the number one thing. Before he even played in a tournament, he worked on his fundamentals, his grip, his stance, posture, alignment, and ball position every single season. He said because and, – and, and, you know, I, I digress because at that particular time, you know, they didn't have – the season wasn't quite as long, so they would quite often have several months before they would play again. And he never came out right in January. He wouldn't come out until just before the Masters. He – play a few tournaments before the Masters because uh, the majors were what he focused on. So there would be – he'd have a lull, uh, Cindy, in, in his game. And, you know, he might play, you know, some friendly rounds here and there, but he was not playing competitive golf for several months uh, once the season ended the, the previous year. So, you know, he needed to go out, and he knew the things that he needed to work on. And I think what a lot of happens is you see many amateurs go out they're not working on those things at the beginning of the season. They're just going out and playing. They might hit a few balls at the range, but they're not actually working on those fundamentals, making sure they're gripped. Cause, uh, and those are things, really, you should be doing through the winter. You can do those at home. You don't even need to be in a range. You can do that in front of a mirror or, or just practice it uh, all year long, whether you're playing or not. So at least that way when you come out, it's fresh. Um, so those are things that he used to do. And, I mean, look how many majors he won, how many events he won. Uh, again, arguably, uh, certainly, if not depending who you talk to, uh, the top player that had play, ever played this game. He's one of the best players that ever uh, walked out in the golf course. And that was the reason why. So he focused on the things that he knew were important. Um, and then he went out and just did it. Uh, the other one is uh, learning to master your tempo. Uh, and this is something you can do on your range. This is another thing, Cindy, I'm sure that's a, probably a pet peeve is we see people picking up and, and slinging that golf club. There's no rhythm to their swing. You have to find your own internal body rhythm. Uh, you look at a player like Nick Price, who had a very quick rhythm. You look at a Freddie Couples or an Ernie Els, who had a little bit slower, slower rhythm. You have to find what works for you. Um, because if you're trying to play um, too quickly, if you're trying to swing the club too quickly and it's out of your natural body rhythm, you're, you're not going to um, strike the ball very well and you're going to be all over the place. 
Your thoughts? Totally agree. Again, it all depends on your personality. If get, if you're a competitive control freak, you're going mm-hmm. a little quicker than that's more chill. You cannot mm-hmm. be somebody that you're not. You have to be you. And so I I also tell people it's not how you – everybody wants to hit the ball. You have to know mm-hmm. how to swing the club. So if you can learn yep. to use the tool that hits the ball, then you can tell the ball where to go. But people just rake and hit and slam away, and they're not aware of anything that they're doing. And if you become aware of what you're doing when you're swinging the club, then you can hit the ball way better. Um, that's the catch. If you learn how to swing, you can tell the ball where to go. Your thoughts? Yep. Yep, you're exactly right. You're swinging a golf club. The ball simply gets in the way. That's really what I was always, uh, you know, told and and always uh, understood, and that's true. You're not really – technically, you're not really hitting at the ball. You're swinging the golf club. The ball just happens to be right in front of the club face, and that's what you want is you want to be able to swing the golf club because if you do that, if you forget about trying to hit the golf ball – and just swing. You know, my father used to say when I was growing up, he always used to say to me, he said, Ted, you got one of the, uh, you know, I mean, he obviously was being nice, but he said, you know, you've got one of the best practice swings I've ever seen. And he said, but when you get over that ball, he said, something goes on in your head, and all of a sudden you're jittery and this, that, and the other. And, of course, I was quite young at the time. And it really stuck with me because, so I try to, when I take my practice swings, I try to think, okay, now when I step up to the ball, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to take a practice swing. I'm just going to get out there, I'm going to take a full practice swing, and the ball's just going to get in the way. And you know what? It worked. It worked for me, and I think it'll work for you as well out there. A couple of other quick points we're going to move on here. Uh, These two I'm going to wrap together because really kind of touched on this, but uh, drivers certainly could be your best friend. Uh, Two points. uh, Beginners, particularly, increase the loft. Don't play with an eight, eight and a half, nine degree loft driver. If you can't make good solid contact with the golf ball and you're spraying it all over, uh, on the range and, and out in the golf course, you have no business playing uh, a low-lofted driver. You're just doing yourself a disservice. Uh, go up to a 12. Uh, you know, I recommend that. And you know, at some point when you become a better player and you want to dial it down and, and it's time to get a new driver, then you can go down a little bit. But as long as you're you know, left, right, left, right all the time with your, with your drives, uh, you're not making you know, uh, contact and hitting it down out in the fairway and you're all over the place, Increase the loft. The other thing, as I mentioned, check the shaft as well. Um, the other one, uh, Cindy, real quick, and I think you would uh, agree with this as well, especially, again, for beginners, uh, but senior golfers, too, need to take heed with this. Uh, tee it forward whenever possible. Nicholas talked about that as well. Uh, tee it forward. What do you think? You know, stop playing from the tips. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. you got to play the right tee markers. You should be able to yep. reach the greens in regulation. And why yep. not, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're barely yeah if you're barely hitting at 200 yards with a drive, and you're playing on a championship course that's you know let's say for argument's sake 72 to 7500 yards, why are you on a par four that's you know, uh, you know from the further up tees is maybe 425 let's say for argument's sake, and now you're backing it up to the last uh, championship tees which now it's 485. That doesn't make any sense. You're not even right. making par. Right. So tee it forward. Nicholas said the same thing all the time. He said tee it forward whenever possible, especially for beginners. And then, you know, if you improve and you get better and you want to challenge yourself and move back a set, that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you've got to be playing the right equipment, as we said. 
especially with the driver, if you want to have any chance of success, and play from the right tees. Um, another one, this is, uh, this is huge. Um, uh, dial in your short game. Work on your putting, your chipping, your pitching. That covers the majority of shots that you're going to be faced with. Your drive is one shot. Your driver off the tee is one shot. The rest of your game falls within those three categories, uh, the majority of it. Certainly you have your approach shot, and I get that, but that is going to save you tremendously. It's the difference between, Cindy, somebody breaking 100, even breaking 90 by having a good, solid short game. What do you think? Totally true. You're not going to hit every green. And yep. if you, um, yeah, you got to know what you're doing. And you got to be able to get it up and down. And if you do, then you can shoot lower scores without a doubt. Yep. Without yep. A doubt. Uh, I do. What, yeah, what I do is one of the courses that I play here is the Robert Trent Jones course when I come in, uh, you know, when I'm at Carroll's, which is where I'm at right now. Um, I, they have a, a little par three, nine hole course. I go a lot on play that. Uh, yeah, I'm not hitting my driver. I'm not hitting, you know, uh, fairway woods or, or high, even hybrids. But it, it's great for working on my short game. And what I will even sometimes do is, especially if I'm really striking the ball well, is I will purposely blow it out to the right of the green. I will purposely set myself up so that I've got to pitch it up. Instead of hitting the green and, and going up and just putting on every hole, I will actually make a point. If there's a, a couple of bunkers there, I'll even force myself and hit a little short and get into the bunker because I want to practice those different shots. I want to challenge myself. So if you have an opportunity like that or maybe an executive course in your area, get out and play that. I don't care how good of a golfer you think you are. I don't care how expensive your clubs are. Get out there on an executive course or a small par three course and work on your short game because that's the best way to do it. You can hit all the balls you want on the driving range, uh, those distances, and that's great, but you're playing from a perfectly flat lie all the time. Get out there and, and challenge yourself. Um, I, I think that's the best uh, way to do it. And then, Cindy, I think you'll agree with this one, as would I. Very early on in the process, uh, if you want to develop a, your, your golfing journey, as you will, and, and enjoy this game, uh, which is a game of a lifetime, sign up for some lessons. Seek out a professional who's qualified and take some lessons. For God's sakes, take some lessons. Cindy, go ahead. This is, your, this is right up your wheelhouse. You've got to be teachable, so that's the catch. You've got to yeah. absolutely be teachable, and you've got to find the person that you want to work with. Go watch them give mm -hmm. a lesson. Investigate. Make sure that you can ask questions and uh, that they teach you exactly what you're looking to improve. So don't be afraid to, uh, to ask questions and investigate. That will help you get yep. better be teachable yep. though. And, and, yeah, you've you've got to be receptive. That's for sure. You've got to be receptive to what's being taught. And I, I I'm a firm believer. I'm very similar to you. I'm certainly not exactly like you, but I believe in telling it like it is. And and I believe in being honest with people and not telling them what they want to hear. And uh, you know, you're, you're probably the best in the business <laughs> when it comes to that. You know, like I don't give a rip. I'm going to tell you know little Johnny here that he stinks. And you know, I mean, obviously you're being nice, but. Uh, when you're doing it, but you know you're going to be honest with them because uh, think of how many people have coddled up to some of these players, and, and I'm talking about some of the tour players now because you know they want to stay on payroll or what have you, and they're saying, oh yeah, yeah, this is fine, and really what they need to hear is the truth, 
and I think if people can people can handle the truth if it's done in a, in a, a right way. And Cindy, um, you know, I know that you've had some. I'm sure some very interesting. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly in the wall. Let's put it that way. I'm sure you've had some very interesting conversations over the years with some of your students. But the truth of the matter is, all kidding aside, is you want them to know where they really stand. You want them to be honest with themselves, right? You do. You do. Again, it's all about looking in the mirror and figuring out what you need to do to get better. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, I've i never been known to sugarcoat anything. So no. that's what I would no. say. Um, it's the truth. Yeah, get out and find somebody. You want to just like a job interview. You want to interview them. Go and watch them. If they're if you go up to you know uh, a facility that uh, has a number of different teaching pros that's in your area, go up and you know while you're fiddling around in the range or the putting, pay attention. Watch what they're doing. How the, you know I've I've been on ranges over the years, um, especially when I was back home up in Canada, and I can remember a guy, very very nice guy. He was a, a little bit older gentleman, teaching pro. And half the time he wasn't even paying attention to his students. I remember, I remember one time, and I've told the story before. You know, he was watching me. You know, I was hitting some balls on the range, and he was watching me. And he was at that time, you know, he was uh, had the little Canon video camera out, uh, camcorder, and he was supposed to be videotaping his student. And I could see. I just happened to be looking over. And I was watching him, just you know, something to do. And I could see the camera was actually drifting away from his student. I don't know what he was videotaping the grass or what he was doing. But he wasn't even paying attention. And I had a good laugh with him later, and he said, well, he said, I'll be honest. He said, the kid doesn't listen half the time. And he said, I was enjoying watching you hit balls. And I said, yeah, but you shouldn't do that during your lessons. So, I mean, you've got to watch and pay attention to the people um, you know, that you're working with and making sure that they're giving you full attention and also make sure that they're being honest and upfront about what uh, it is, that they're not just telling you what you want to hear. And if you're a parent and you've you know, your child is taking lessons from somebody, again, you want to make sure that they're being honest. I certainly want them to be professional, of course. I'm not saying to go out there and rip them a new one and have the poor kid crying all the way home in the car. But you've got to be honest with them and, and say, here's things that you're, you're, you're not focusing on and we need to work on, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and, but be honest with them. Let them know the truth because there's nothing worse than they go out there with all this puffed up, you know, uh, uh, attitude, thinking that they're you know the greatest thing, and they get out there and they get in their first event, and they just get creamed because they're not properly prepared. So they need to know what they're dealing with. The very last one, Cindy, um, before we go, and that is, um, and this one uh, I think is is important as well, and that is uh, develop a repeatable pre-shot routine. Um, you know, you don't just go up and whack and hit the ball. You need to prepare for each and every shot, and you need to do it consistently. And if you watch the best players. Uh, in the world, uh, certainly at that level, they have a repeatable uh, pre-shot routine. Every single pre-shot routine is identical. And when they don't do it the same, then you know their game is off. And that more or not will will show in their scores. Um, your final thoughts on, on the pre-shot routine? Well, the other thing is, is it's going to help you be more comfortable when you're out there playing. You need to know what your plan is and, and whether it counts or it doesn't count, whether you're in a tournament or not, you need to know what you're mm-hmm. thinking. So I totally agree. You got you to have a pre-shot routine. And I would time myself. We're doing mm-hmm. the underarm tour, and I, some of the kids are taking too long. They're taking three practice swings. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. you get 40 seconds to hit the ball from when it's your turn. 
let's start working on this and I'm going to time you and, and make you be comfortable, you know, in the practice and the lesson and stuff. And then we're going to practice it when we're playing in a tournament so that you know exactly what you're doing and your mind will be more at peace. So, yes. You know, it reminds me, I, I have to laugh. Um, one final thing and then we'll go is I remember years ago, and you know, Freddie Couples always used to, you know, he on his left arm, he would sort of tug his sleeve down. He would sort of push it down a little bit um, as part of his uh, pre-shot routine. And I remember playing at a local golf course one time, and a young little kid, probably about 12, 13 years old, was emulating Freddie Couples. But he he didn't do it just sort of once. Like he didn't just sort of, you know, move the shirt sleeve down a little bit like Freddie did. He would shoot his arm up in the air and, and tug on it and, shoot, and did it about 12 times. It finally drove me crazy after about the first three holes. And I said to him, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, that's what Freddie does. I said, yeah, but it does do it 12 times. And I wish I had a videotaped it because it would have been a good laugh. I would have sent it to you. But, you know, you have to, you know, you have to find, obviously, do what works for you. But he just did this thing, and it made me laugh so much. I, I couldn't. I had to bite my lip. It was so funny. But you have to find a routine that works for you. And, and this is the opportunity as well through that routine you know, you've done your assessment. You know where, where you want the ball to go. This is a way to also, this would have been great for uh, Pilar, our earlier guest, to, to really focus on as well, is to a time to really decompress. You know, it's only a few seconds, I understand, but it gives you an opportunity to really relax, take some deep breaths, and go through your routine and reset the clock, as it were. Um, last shot's gone. Last hole's gone. You're in a new phase right now. That's what the pre-shot routine does as well. It prepares you for that next shot. And if you do it correctly um, and do it consistently, um, I think you'll be successful all the way around. Cindy, as always, it's a pleasure. Great to have you back. Congratulations again to Jamie and Candice on the new little ones. Uh, I'll be interested to see, uh, hopefully, uh, some pictures. I know I did see the original picture um, uh, earlier on, but it uh, be interesting to follow their little journey as they move on. But Thank you, as always, and uh, congratulations again. And, uh, folks, we will see you next week with another great guest uh, on the show. I hope you'll join us. God bless everybody, and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.